It's good to be back, Chris. Oh, it's great to be back. Great to see your face, man. Hey, I'm, I'm more tan than what I was when you last saw me. And you are a year older. How does it feel to be 37? I don't know yet. <laughs> it just started. I don't know. Well, it's God's plan that you're here, and I'm glad that you're here. Well, I'm happy to be here, Chris. Welcome to the Fan in the Afternoons, Chris Lee. A lot has happened. Dennis Jamel Cox. A lot has happened since you've been here. Um, you know, there's so much to, to kind of go through. And today, even kind of a sneaky, busy news day. Yeah. Um, with a lot of things to cover. And we have our top three stories of the day. Let's go ahead and get it kicked off right now with uh, the Panthers. They're going to induct Musen Muhammad and Julius Peppers into their uh, Hall of Honor, that'll happen on October 29th when mm-hmm. the Panthers are hosting the Houston Texans. Now, that game was already going to be a, a pretty big game because you're going to see the number one overall quarterback, Bryce Young, go against the other guy that folks thought should have been yeah, uh, a Panthers quarterback and, Sh- and C.J. Stroud. So uh, that'll be interesting. And then we also see uh, Musa Muhammad and Julius Peppers going to the Panthers Hall of uh, honor that day. Dennis, what are your thoughts about that and those two guys and where they stand in uh, Carolina Panthers history? My whole thing is I'm actually kind of surprised that Muhammad actually hasn't already been inducted. I know there's a little bit of a layoff there when it came to the fact that Tepper, when he took over the team, there wasn't a whole, whole lot going on with the Ring of Honor, the Hall of Honor. Uh, it, there was none. That's the thing. There, there yeah, was none started. happening. So, yeah. Th- <laughs> Along with bringing, you know, electricity and running water to Charlotte. Well, yes, also- yes. <laughs> concerts, running water, infrastructure. <laughs> uh, couldn't bring Taylor Swift, but, you know, there's that. Uh, but well, no- you know, one step at a time. But nonetheless, we actually you think about it with, with Musha Muhammad, was the fact that when you look back at his career, his numbers, outside of Steve Smith, he's number two in terms of receptions, yardage, all that stuff in, in terms of wide receivers. He and Steve Smith, that combination of those two together, oh, man, God. I can only imagine if those two played in today's NFL together, the kind of numbers they would put up. Them, and then plus you got to think about Ricky Pro being the number three option yeah. with those two. Um, yeah, it's, that is – I think that what the Panthers have right now, and I've said this before, is probably the deepest wide receiving court they've had before. We disagree, but We fine. disagree on that, but those two yeah. are the best – tandem that the Panthers have ever had before. Yeah. Now, for a brief moment, you're going to laugh at this, for a brief moment there, it looked like Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches could potentially be that. For about like six seconds. Come on, Chris. Maybe about six for games. For about six Maybe seconds. About six games. Uh, but, you know, they're, both of them were, you know, pretty pretty good picks coming, like, you know, Kelvin Benjamin was pretty good coming out of Florida State. Uh, uh, Devin Funches was pretty good coming out of Michigan. Okay. Like, people were had high hopes on those two guys. Okay. It just didn't pan out the yeah, way so it was supposed How'd it work out? It, it didn't work out very and then, well. And Peppers is just an obvious. Peppers, obvious. Uh, also, uh, just just really quick, Devin mm-hmm. Funch is trying to make it into the NBA right now. Um, yes, uh, Julius Peppers, that was um, that was obvious. Um, he'll be eligible for the Hall of Fame, I believe, next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, or th- is it this year? Because I think he stopped in 2018. Yeah. He should be first ballot. Should be up there. Straight up. He should be up there. Straight up. Oh, uh, no, it'll be next year when he's eligible. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I, I got that wrong. Um, Julius Peppers, uh, of course, you know, he's uh, all pro. Uh, had uh, been in the uh, the Pro Bowl plenty of times. Uh, also, uh, you know, leading the Carolina Panthers in, in sacks in franchise history. Fourth overall in NFL history in sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, a wonderful guy uh, from North Carolina, 
and this North Carolina through and through guy. Uh, next thing up, Chris Paul officially introduced uh, with the Golden State Warriors. So many people think it just looks so weird because Chris Paul uh, was one of the ones that was uh, battling against the Warriors, uh, whether it was with the L.A. Clippers or it was the Houston Rockets. Uh, he's been battling with the Warriors for years, can never really get over that hump, and now he's joining uh, the Warriors. He was officially introduced yesterday with his number three uh, Warriors jersey. It's so it's, weird to look at, not going to uh, lie. It's, it's definitely jarring to, yeah. to the eyes to, to see that. I'm... I don't know how this is going to work out between the two. I uh between the two that them being Paul and the Warriors. I don't know how because I just don't know how he fits into that team. Well, that's a big question. How does he fit? He's still trying to figure that out as well and um he spoke to reporters yesterday about possibly coming off the bench and this is what he had to say. I don't know what is what the situation is going to be yet. You know what I mean. So I think that'll be for us to to figure out once we get going. You've never come off the bench in your entire career. Is that something that you'd be willing to do? Um, like I said, it'll be a conversation for us when camp starts or whatnot. But me and Steven have talked or whatnot. But I, you know, that ain't something that you'd be like, "What up, man? Where you starting? You coming up? You know what I mean?" So I think we'll figure all that stuff out in camp. Uh, I think he'll fit in just fine with the Warriors. And one of the reasons why is because uh, the Warriors were leading uh, the NBA in turnovers last year. Uh, 1,336 turnovers. You know what Chris Paul doesn't do? Turn the ball over. He doesn't turn the ball over. And so whether or not – now, he could possibly – Chris Paul could possibly be starting or he could be coming off the bench. But either way, he's probably going to be the main guy quarterbacking the second unit for the Golden State Warriors. That second unit is where the ball was mostly turned over. And when Steph Curry went to the bench and when he was sitting down, that's when the, the Warriors were doing most of their turnovers. Um, that is somebody that could also help. Plus, you have Draymond Green that's still there. Two fiery guys that could get the, the folks on the team kind of riled up a little yeah. bit. I think right now still the Warriors are still missing some size. Uh, that's the main thing they probably need to go after. But I think Chris Paul's is going to work out pretty well. Well, he's one of the best to ever do it. Now, where he ranks, I'll let you have that conversation. Yeah, but I'm, not, he is, I'm not worried about that, but he's but definitely one of the he's best. He's one of the best to ever do it. They'll figure it out. All right, today, uh, let's switch gears. Uh, prospect camp starts for the Carolina Hurricanes, so uh, the guys that they've drafted, the guys that they have in camp, the guys that they're looking at uh, right now, it. some of the future Canes. They are currently in Raleigh, going to have their prospect camp this week. Another thing is, Canes mm -hmm. are still going through free agency. It was oh, last yeah. week at this time uh, that people were talking about possibly um, Vladimir Tarasenko coming to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, we still haven't heard whether or not that's going to be the case or not, uh, but apparently there are some different things happening with him, and his agent had to get a different agent. You know, So, so many different things kind of happening on that front, Dennis. Being out last week, I was kind of able to sit back a little bit and just observe from the outside, and we'll dive in here into this in, in, in about five minutes or so. But, man, I love the moves they've made so far. But yeah. if they if they truly go after Tarasenko, there are going to be some other deals that are going to have to take place. This team, the way the roster is set right now, it ain't going to look like this come camp time in two months. I can just say that right now. It ain't going to look like the way it is because some guys are going to get dealt, some guys are going to get moved because we still haven't seen – 
officially that Tony D'Angelo trade come through with the with the Philadelphia Flyers. Tarasenko, that thing was floating around out there. We've heard about Brett Pesci possibly getting traded. Brady Shea also has a, an expiring contract coming up as well. Does he get moved because you signed Dmitry Orlov? We'll dive into that a little bit more, but this team is not done. Not no, done. They're they're not. They're, there's a lot to still happen uh, with this team. But the thing is, and I said this last week uh, with the possibility of Tarasenko coming there, um, the, the Hurricanes got better on defense, of course. But one of the main things that they needed was still goal scoring. We're still waiting to get that. We got a little bit of that in Michael Bunning, but yeah. is Mike, Michael Bunning by himself going to be the guy to take the, the Hurricanes over the top? We don't know. But Tarasenko is the guy that can get you that goal when you need it in that moment. Mm-hmm. And if he is able to still come to the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, boy, that would be uh, a match made in heaven uh, in my mind. But as you said, we're going to get into that in just a little bit, Dennis. When I was sitting at Wrightsville Beach and I get the notifications popping up saying, hey, they signed Dimitri Orloff. Hey, Mike Bunting, Freddie Anderson, Auntie Rata all coming back, Chris. I got excited. I got excited because I love the fact that they were getting aggressive in free agency. And they're not really losing any key pieces from this past season that we saw, Chris. That's true. And if anything, they're actually getting those some of those pieces back. We, again, we didn't see Andre Sveshnikov. At least not yet, anyway. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that here in just a second. That's Chris Lee, Dennis Cox here with, with you this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. Carolina is not done, in my opinion, making moves. They're just not. Because we talked about how they had over $20 million in cap space coming into the season. Yeah. You and I even talked about before the 4th of July holiday about how a lot of guys in the NHL are probably going to take one-year contracts because the salary cap stayed relatively flat. only went up about a million bucks. Okay, so the cap's going to be kind of flat. Not a, team, not a lot of teams are going to be able to, to sign guys to big long-term contracts like they would want to. Well, the cap next season jumps up about 4 or $5 million. So This is a big bet on yourself Exactly, year. it's a big bet on yourself here. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll take a one-year contract because, Chris, guess what? I can maybe make that three- or four-year contract that I'm really looking for happen next season when teams actually have the money to spend. But Carolina had the money to make moves. So, guess what? You can overpay for Dimitri Orlov. But yeah. it's only for two seasons. It's a two-year rental, essentially, is what I like to look at, as opposed to a one-year thing. Mike Bunting, I think, is a really great move in the sense that he creates a lot of space for guys on the perimeter like Ajo because he's a net front presence. So he's actually going to create a lot of space for guys like Ajo or Seth Jarvis if he plays on that line with those guys. So he's going to create space, which might create more scoring opportunities for them as well. And then also you bring in Anderson, you bring in Ronson back to, uh, to pair with Piotr Kachekov. I'm loving the moves they made so far. I'm loving these moves, Chris. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was definitely a great time uh, for, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes last week. Mm-hmm. Great moves. It felt like I, I was expecting a little bit more, though, in the forwards group versus uh, all the attention they put with the defensemen, right? Yeah. Having Orloff, um, of course, the, we're still waiting to see if the Tony D'Angelo thing is going to go through. Um, and uh, it, you, you would have thought that they were going to go a little bit more towards the goal scoring. And, again, they, they did that a little bit with bunting, but it yeah. really seems like they are also going with, all right, we already have a great defense. Mm-hmm. We're going to make our defense even better. <laughs> even better. So it's going to be harder for you to score. So even if it's hard for us to score, we'll take our forwards against your forwards because also our defense is going to stop you from scoring. Yeah, and not only is 
Orlov going to be strong defensively, but what his ability is that really fits with the Carolina Hurricanes system. We always talk about how the Carolina Hurricanes defense last year led the league in goals yeah. as a collective. Well, now you add someone who actually fits the system perfectly in terms of his ability to move the puck up the ice, the way he skates the puck over the blue line as well. Like He can join up in the rush just as good as anybody that the Carolina Hurricanes have, really. So you add that into the mix. But the reason why I say they're not done is because that cap space now is just over $3 million left for Carolina. Well, if you want to get a Vladimir Tarasenko, whom I would love for them to get because, A, he's a goal scorer, but right. also he's a big body presence. He's 6'1", 225, 230. Right. Don Waddell talked about getting heavier up front. Yeah. That's the dude. That like That's a guy that fits. And if you sign him to one year, fine. That's great. Um, then he then he can go sign a long term extension with someone somewhere else. But in order to get that cap space, Chris, some guys are going to have to move. I was going to ask you who mm-hmm. who needs to move in that case. I don't want to say who needs to move, but who can get moved. So this is something who that needs to who can like if that were to happen, who are we saying goodbye to? Possibly, you might be looking at I would say Brady Shea potentially. But here's the thing: he has a modified no trade clause. So he can actually submit a list of 10 teams. So in his contract, he, is, uh, he can submit a list of 10 teams where he says, I'm not going there. He can, he can void those trades if he wants to. Okay, so that kind of hangs you up a little bit. Brett Pesci has a little bit of a no-trade clause as well. His is 15 teams. Mm. So a lot of these clauses sometimes kick in when the new league year starts. So this is why July 1st was such a big date because some clauses and contracts kicked over. Um you're not moving away from Jacob Slavin. You're not going to move away from uh, from Brent Burns, in my opinion. So, no. I don't know. Maybe you have to look at some of your guys, like, for example, Tavo Teravina, but he has a 10-team list for his no-trade clause. Mm. Uh, but is someone willing to take on $5.4 million just for this season and some of that's going to be a restricted free agent, unless you're trying to get up into the cap floor. The NHL has a salary cap floor. You have to spend a certain amount. So maybe it's like, all right, we could take on this contract – and we can get up to the cap floor. Martin Natchez might be the guy. I don't know. Like, is there space up in the top six for either one of these guys? Because not when I look at it, I see, I see Aho, I see Bunting, I see Kokaniemi, I see guys like Seth Jarvis, yeah. I see Andre Sveshnikov. Getting crowded. Same, exactly. Things are going to get a little getting bit crowded. crowded. Yeah. Now the trade piece I think that brings most value right now in terms of contract and his position is Brett Pesci, and then Martin Natchez is right behind it. Those bring the most value. If you're going to go for a guy like Tarasenko, you're going to have to clear up cap space. Between those two guys, Nate just makes $3 million and Brett Pesci just over four. So that's $7 bucks between those two guys. I don't know. I don't know if one of those will have to get moved, but if you want to add that piece, one of those guys is going to have to get dealt. Simple as that. In your opinion, if the Tarasenko thing does not work out okay, and the Hurricanes kind of go forward as is, mm-hmm. There's still a, a logjam with the defense. Massive logjam. What needs to happen? Great question. <laughs> some guys are at the swallow some pride. That's all I'm going to say. This, this is the reason why I think that, that someone gets moved is because you're not going to sign Orloff to $7.75 million a year and put him on a third defensive pair. You're just not. Yeah. You're not going to just yeah. skate him at 15 minutes. Yeah. You're not going to do it. Okay, so who loses ice time? You gonna take Jacob Slavin off the ice? No. Okay. Well, who's on that left side? Who's left? Brady <laughs> Shea. But yeah. also, are you gonna pay someone five point three million dollars or five point two five million dollars to to skate fifteen minutes? No, I'm not. 
No. So this is why, again, this team's going to make some moves between now and then. It's uh, it's going to be – this team that we see it right now is going to look different. And here's the thing as well. They might may not make those moves until after the season starts. That's that's a real yeah, possibility. There's, there's no rush. There's no rush. There's but those, no rush right now. Those things might all. happen after the season starts. But I will say this. Their six defensemen they have lined up right now, <laughs> good luck topping that six. Oh, for sure. With Slavin, Burns, Pesci, Shea, and then you throw in Chatfield with Orloff, <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't beating that. And and that's that's what it, that. that's what it felt like as far as like last week when you know you, you have the top scoring def- defense uh, defensive core in in the NHL mm-hmm. and then you just add to that it just kind of felt almost if, as if they're doubling down on that but then also in some ways doubling down on uh, the forwards that they have while adding Michael Bunting and anything else they add on top of that is just a cherry on top it wasn't as much offense as I expected yeah more so defense that could also be offense in Orlov as well. So. I, think, I think Bunting's big, biggest contribution is going to be his net front presence and his physicality. He's not afraid to mix things up. A but, second, a second Stefan Nason, which is good. Well, that thing, but like a better version of Stefan Nason. Yeah, he's going to create a lot of space for guys around the net. So he's, I think he's, he's probably going to be what second line. Stefan Nason probably third line, third fourth line. Probably fourth line, all honesty, because you're yeah. probably, you can still run back the the stall Martin Nook, yeah. Foss line. So yeah. This team is is far from complete, but I love the moves that they've made so far, Chris.